This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi, and welcome to Universal After Dark. I feel like it's been a long time since I've said that. That felt <laughs> it, weird. It has been a long time since you said that. Honestly, that felt so strange. I feel like I've got imposter syndrome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm your host as usual, or am I, Amanda, aka Boston White, and I'm joined today by two of my all-time favourite best buddies in the whole entire universe. So, I have Nick. Hello. And I have Chris Ripley. So, Bob Monkhouse sung the theme tune to You Rang My Lord. No way. Yeah. I don't I'm know sorry, what this is. I'm sorry. I'm no, oh, yeah. no, Amanda, no, 90% of the audience will not know that reference. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm in that 90%. <laughs> Literally, right, I was driving back with my best friend the other day and he was reading the, the, the news on his phone and he said, uh, Na- Russian Napoleonic uh, impersonator found drunk in a river in Russia with the student, two arms, severed arms of his student in his backpack. I went, no, hang on a minute, there's too much in that sentence to, yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to analyse, <laughs> too much of a tangent. I don't know what you don't understand about no tangents. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah, ah, 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 no, no. What you said before we started recording <laughs> was you, t- t- you're not allowed to have tangents. You didn't say anything about me and Ripples. <laughs> you two are worse than I am. Look, look, you are going, you are going in an hour, right? Unless, unless Chris's son wakes up. We'll probably go on until three o'clock in the morning. So don't you worry. You, just, you get your stuff done and, and me and Ripples will finish off. Guys, make yourselves a cup of tea. This is going to be a long one. Oh, I haven't got a but cup of tea. Speaking of tea, I have. Oh. 
I'm going to start with myself this time. Then. <laughs> so I'm taking a little break from the beer because um, I had an awful lot of beer yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys thought I was going to be like weeks ago <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so I'm having tea <laughs> and I'm really cold. I My body can't get used to this English weather, honestly. I I am currently sitting in a cardigan and my house isn't that cold, but I felt a bit of a chill. I don't know if it's because we were going to be talking about spooky stuff or not, but cardigan <laughs> it was. So I am drinking, as I was on the last podcast I recorded, actually, for some strange reason, uh, Rubicon Sparkling Passion Fruit. Oh, I like that. Mmm. So that's what I am getting down my gullet. What about you, Mr Ripples? Well, I am drinking a cup of tea in a mug which I may or may not have stolen from a Virgin Atlantic aeroplane. Well, I was just going to be like, wow, look at us, guys. Look at <laughs> us. All drinking non-alcoholic beverages, being upstanding citizens of the United Kingdom, and then you go and say that you stole it from Virgin. Well, well you're still an upstanding citizen. I mean, they stole how many hours of your life? Well, exactly. I'm always a little bit woo, a little bit way, a little bit woo, woo. You know what I mean? A man is now going to turn around and say that she's never stolen a pint glass out of a pub that's been branded. <laughs> I haven't. I'll get off. Are you, are, you, <laughs> are you even British if you've never stolen a branded pint glass from the, a pub? The, the problem is she's the size of a pint glass. I know. How, yeah, would the, how the frick would I smuggle a pint glass out? Yeah, you never have a bag with you. No. This is why I carry a bag with me at all times, just in case I want to nick a glass. Anyway, uh, I suppose moving swiftly on, um, Amanda and, and Mr. Ripples, I've been trying to get this this show recorded for uh, a few weeks now because this is, I consider to be the hangover from Halloween Horror Nights. It's done. The, the sound stages as we speak are being ripped apart oh. and our hearts are breaking about oh. that. Um, but... You know, we talked very briefly um, about Halloween Horror Nights. I don't know if we did it on here. I think we just did it on uh, Branch and Ripley. But we did talk about your experience at Halloween Horror Nights. And obviously, uh, Amanda yeah. was out there for mm-hmm. a, a, a long old time. So uh, I wanted to get together with you guys and just find out, now that we can talk openly about it, now the event's done, you know, spoilers are allowed and all that kind of jazz, um, about... Halloween Horror Nights 29 and how much of a success it was or wasn't, depending on which side of the fence you uh, you straddle yourself over. Well, mm-hmm. what a year it was, honestly. I feel, and Hangover feels appropriate <laughs> because I feel like, honestly, this is the first week that I've stopped since I even came back. So I have been like, go, go, go since mid-September, it feels like. And I feel like I've got spooky season hangover, but me and Chris don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, no time for that. Hair of the dog and all that, we're straight back into it. Well, actually, you know what, before we go into that, right, let, let's get this out of the way as well, because since we last congregated, um, Mr Ripley and Miss Boston White have launched a new podcast on the After Dark Podcast Network. Um, And the first episode is available and has been for a couple of weeks now. And we've not really had the chance to talk about it properly. So let's just just briefly touch on that, if we could. Well, do you want to go, (laughs) man? Okay. So basically, me and Chris decided that we like Halloween all year round. 
every day of the year and we needed a way to celebrate that where we're not going to annoy everybody by just talking about spooky things in every episode of a podcast. So what we decided to do was make a brand new podcast that is all about Halloween and horror and it's called The Halloween Half. It's not half an hour though, it's never half an hour. Oh, it's never going to be half an hour. <laughs> I'm just going to start with that. With I'm, me, glad, I'm glad you picked up on that because I did want to just you know point out the complete false advertising in episode one. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to give you guys more. So we set your expectation low at half an hour and then we give you an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like it. I mean, um, you could split it up into half hour chunks, but what's the fun in that? I mean, some episodes probably will be a little bit shorter. I think we're just really excited to get our first one out because this is like a year in the making. Like oh. there's been work behind the scenes for a long time. Oh God, yeah. 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 We we literally had this idea at the end of like HHN twenty eight, I think it was. So Yeah. Yeah. But the first episode's out and, and do you wanna let everyone know what happens on the first episode? Uh, well, we go on, Amanda. Go on, go on. Okay, so the first episode we had, well, Chris had the chance to because I was in Florida at the time. Interview the amazing Victoria Price, and she, of course, is the daughter of the icon of all things spooky, the King of Horror, Vincent Price. I mean, that is just such an amazing coup. You can't get um, spookier than that. No, I mean, well, I mean, you could, but I don't think he'd make a very good interview um because he has he did pass away almost 20 years ago um but no i mean what a way to kick off a podcast series then with an interview like that i mean you must have been elated to get that i mean oh, I, yeah, yeah. I cried a little while when uh, i was on holiday and i couldn't do it <laughs> the, 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 problem, the problem is the more famous they are the more difficult it is to say can you please just let us record at such and such a time so the more famous they are the more it's right, we're recording at two o'clock AM next Thursday, you know, and that's it. You don't get no choices. But with, with Victoria Price, for example, because she's so busy, we booked that in what three months ago? That, that ages call? ago. Absolutely yeah. ages ago. So, you know. No, just but I'm just so phenomenal. excited about this whole thing. I think it's gonna be amazing and we get to keep the Halloween spirit around all year so we'll have interviews with directors with actors with actresses with prominent people in the horror community we'll do film reviews we'll do experience reviews all things spooky yeah uh, the first episode's great so congratulations on that guys um and, and we are you know just because i know halloween horror nights can be really divisive for people for, for whatever reason so you know we are still going to talk about halloween horror nights here um because this is a universal podcast but um you know for more spooky stuff and and more consistently horror related stuff that is your new destination so yeah. the halloween half hour is now available wherever good uh, podcasts are found and some bad ones um <laughs> so if you haven't already listened to episode one go and do that go and subscribe give the guys a review um, it's part of the network, so we will, once you get an advert to us, we will plug that on some shows as well. But, uh, you know, well done, and I can't wait to hear uh, the next few episodes. Thank you. So, I feel like we can't possibly awesome. start talking about... Well, yeah, always. But I feel like we can't start talking about 
our trips and Halloween Horror Nights without first talking about how freaking amazing the meetup was. Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, myself and uh, Craig and P-Dubs talked about it a little bit at the end of the uh, 100th episode, uh, Long Tacular. Um, but yeah, I mean, you were obviously still out there when when we recorded that episode. So, um, you know, it, as you say, I mean, it was just something else, wasn't it? I was blown away by it so when you text me when I was on the boat on the way and you were like Amanda there is a lot of people here I was like what it's not it's not just us <laughs> people actually really want to hang out with us yeah yeah it, it really I mean obviously you were there so you kind of walked into it and it was overwhelming but to kind of uh just get there and there'd be a few people and then all of a sudden more people could turn up straight away it was just like completely overwhelming it was just uh incredible my anxiety went off but i mean the, the the main thing is that like just how lovely everybody was yeah like and it was so nice to be able to put faces to names yes from people that will chat to us all the time or like send us links to things or like any, any kind of interaction at all it was just so nice to have all of those people in one room and us all be together and just have a laugh for a few hours like I was just so elated my heart felt so full and I sometimes feel like I haven't got a heart but I had one that day yeah it was two sizes too small but it grew yeah it did yeah um and I mean you know there were some people that we didn't get to see that day but we saw across the weekend so uh people Todd. like Todd yeah I love um, Todd <laughs> Todd was amazing um but you were all amazing it was it was brilliant and um like like Amanda said it, it just names of faces was wonderful just how nice uh, and polite and and the things that you said about the podcast were amazing because the thing is we do this and it does take a lot of time and it you know at times can take quite a bit of planning and, and organizing and trying to get people together and you know it's it's hard to do so um and you know when people are saying such nice things you know that all of that is worth it uh all that if you put is worth it so it, it was really lovely. And I mean, the only, the only bad thing is, uh, of course, it had to be Amanda. I forgot the badges. Mm-hmm. Um, but, she put, <laughs> but she has put... But she has put... Look, I would have bought the badges, but I was worried about getting them on as hand luggage. You know, they could be very funny like that. Because yeah. I, I suppose I could take over a plane with uh, badges. I don't know. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, they Amanda, are stabby. Well, that's what I mean. You can get quite stabby-stabby <laughs> with them. Um, so yeah, um, if you if you didn't get a badge um, because we didn't have them, then if you drop one of us a message, there's a thread on the on the uh, I don't know if it's the Patreon group or the main group, but either way, just just drop us a line uh, or send us an email, and we'll get some badges sent out to you as a thank you um, yes. for your support. And uh, yeah, to the patrons we met over the weekend as well, thank you so much because obviously you do help this show uh, come together, and um, you know it was it's not really giving back when you spend time with people but it was just nice that we was able to kind of put some smiles on faces because you put smiles on our faces so thank you very much yes and then outside of the meetup so like I met so many more of you guys that would like we'd see each other in passing and we'd be running in different directions but you'd shout at me and I'd be like hi oh my god and so people who wanted to get pictures so tag me in them so I can see them because I was so happy to meet you guys but it was so just so amazing to get to hang out with everybody. 
I loved it. Let's do it again next year, but bigger. Yeah, and mm. please don't take me in those pictures because uh, I looked fat all weekend, so thanks. Wait one minute. I haven't spoke about it on this podcast. I think I only spoke about it on Man and Chris's podcast. Basically, next year, on top of a meetup that we want to do, I'm having, well, I'm throwing myself, a 30th birthday party in Orlando. <laughs> so I'm going to hire out a venue. I'm thinking cocktails and screams, but I need to work out the logistics of it. But we're going to have a funeral for my twenties. Everybody's invited. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty impressive. It's going to I be just, up, but drunker. Yeah, I just cried when I turned thirty. That's. I mean, I'm gonna. But what we decided to do, it's going to be goth themed. Everyone has to come wearing black. What, a, like what an unusual theme for a birthday party <laughs> held by Amanda. <laughs> but I'm so out there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be like a funeral for my 20s. And then that's the one time that I'm ever going to say that I'm 30. And then I'm going right back to saying that I'm 21. So Brilliant. enjoy the hours while they laugh. The ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> um, right. That's enough tangents. There was a very bad... <laughs> That was the most essential tangent you're going to get on this podcast tonight. That was a very, very important tangent. Right. But and we haven't even discussed Bob Monkhouse yet. We're going to say that for the end. We're going to <laughs> that's going to be the outtakes um, because we've got a lot to say about Bob Monkhouse. But because Americans should know who he is, but um, I have no idea. Halloween horror. Come on, <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights 29. Um, my per. I'm, I'm going to speak very briefly and then pass over to you. Okay. Um, the more I think about the event, the more I look back at the event and the more I look about the, the, the houses, I think it was a phenomenal year. Um, I, 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 a lot of the stuff that I read is that people didn't find it as scary as previous years. And I can understand that to an extent because I don't know if it's because I've become a di- bit more desensitized to it um, or just that it, it didn't seem to be as scary, but um, I thought the theming was on point. I thought every house was a success with possibly one exception. Um, but I thought the whole event was just really well done, really well run. Uh, I think the nighttime entertainment was, was, uh, was great. And um, just, just what an event. I just really uh, enjoyed myself. Um, so that's my very short thing I'm going to say for Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Amanda, I'm going to pass to you first. Your thoughts? I thought that it was one of the most consistent and hardest to rank years that I've been to in a long time. I feel like I, I recorded a video a few days ago, finally, of my house rankings because I've been trying really hard not to discuss them on social media. So I could just do it in this video and on this episode. Um and I really, really struggled because I feel like every other year there's like one or two big standout houses and then you've got your middle few and then your bottom few. But I feel like this year a good seven or eight houses were all on the consistent same level. Yeah. So I feel like it was very hard to pick favourites and it was very hard to choose which ones that you knew you wanted to do first. It was just in a good way, a good, solid year and marathon of mayhem the best addition to horror nights in years i saw that opening night uh that's actually well i met todd uh todd was going to watch it so i thought i'll go and watch it as well and um it just it just blew me away i mean i'd spoken to chris just before 
I went, we had a little chat about it on Branch and Ripley. And he didn't give me any spoilers. Um, but he did say that he thought that uh, Fountain show, Lake show was was phenomenal. And so my anticipation for it had kind of grown. But even I didn't expect what they actually produced. And I think it's an absolute crime that that was only available during Halloween Horror Nights. Absolutely. I think I actually had a tear the first time I watched it. Like, I think I actually produced a genuine tear because I was so emotional. I think it was so well done. If that. If that. I'm not a crier. But (laughs) absolutely phenomenal. It blew me away. An Academy of Villains. Like, you guys know that I am hardcore Academy of Villains fan. But this year blew me away. Absolutely incredible. It was so cool to have Farsight performing. And he was just like another, like, I've never seen such energy in one place before. My body didn't know what to do. I was just like, what am I witnessing? This is absolute insanity. I love everything about this. I want to hire these to, like, come and do a little performance. Maybe I feel sad because it just, like... Is it serotonin that, like, makes you happy? Yes. Mm. Like, that was it. I was just one big ball of serotonin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tequila just makes me go in a coma, but it was serotonin and Bud Light. Fair enough. (laughs) And and I think on that that as well, um, you know, obviously this year we we found out we were going to lose Mike Aiello from Halloween Horror Nights and the final performance of Academy of Villains, uh, he was in attendance. Uh, and and Farside brought him up on stage. Emotional. Yeah. So I Absolutely. thought that was a, a really nice touch. I mean, obviously, they must go back a few years now. I, you know, I don't know if, if he was in charge of hiring them, but obviously him uh, being so involved in the event means that they their paths would definitely have crossed numerous times over the years, uh, lots of times probably. Um, but I just thought a very nice touch at the end um, you know, in kind of recognising him for that and just just a very nice emotional way to to end the event as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was a very, very, very strong house year. Scare zones were weird. Mm. I felt weird about the scare. I feel like that's mean to say. I'm not, I like try and usually stay like pretty positive about everything. Um, I don't know. I just feel like usually I get attached to a scare zone every year. So whether that's like invasion or like trick or treat and killer clowns, and I'm always like, yes, I'm living the scare zone. And this year, none of them like super stood out to me. I didn't really want to spend a lot of time in them. Even zombie. Well, I've probably spent the majority of my scare zone time in, in Hellbilly Deluxe, but I was having a conversation with one of my friends while I was over there, and I was like, I like this zone because I like Rob Zombie's music, but if it wasn't Rob Zombie's music, would I want to be in this zone as much as I do? Mm. Probably not. Well, I did like the Dancing Girls, but like taking them and Rob Zombie out. But I, you know what I did really love? An arcade. 
interesting because I know that that, you know, I know you can't read too much into these things, but um, everywhere I've looked, it's kind of been ranked as the lowest um, scare zone. You know, I feel like my house list and my scare zone list, a lot of people are going to be like, what? And Arcade was scare zone of the year. And I think it deserved it because I feel like that part of the park is hard. Like, that mm. scare zone is always hard work. Like, definitely, there's so many people coming through at any mm. one time. And I don't think that in all of my years of going, I've ever favoured a scare zone in that area. I've always just kind of seen it as a walkthrough. And, like, I've never really seen it as, like, a true scare zone. I've seen it as like a taster. Well, I mean, tradition not traditionally, but, um, you know, going back to 28, you know, that scare zone there was kind of a preview of the houses, mm-hmm. wasn't it? You had yeah. characters from the different houses as you was kind of walking in. Um, I wasn't there last year, but obviously this year it was back to being a, a normal scare zone. I know that it is off, you know, normally is just a, a regular scare zone. Um I, I personally really liked the look of it. I thought it was a very well done uh, scare zone in terms of of making it look like what it was supposed to. I love neon. Um, I love stuff that glows in the dark. So I thought it was great. My problem with scare zones this year is I don't think any of them actually deserve the title of scare. I found them very much to be zones. Um you know, I, there was a couple of times that uh, people might have got me, um, but on on the whole, I, I didn't actually find I find I found them more just a tra- you know a transitional thing. I didn't really have the urge to spend any time in them, except for probably Zombieland and uh, Vanity Ball. I right, so I have a weird thing with Vanity Ball because when I was doing, uh, well, when we were doing. Uh, like kind of hype lists before the event started I'd ranked Vanity Ball as my lowest and then I kept seeing people's pictures and people's videos and I was like changed my mind completely this looks cool as fuck like this looks so good those costumes are amazing the prosthetics are amazing I love this whole runway but every time that I'd go through it I didn't see any of that like I saw nothing and then I was like I'd go online later on in the night and people would be posting all the pictures that they'd taken. And I was like, where are you seeing this? And I feel I feel sad about it because I'm sure that it was a fantastic scare zone. People were loving it. But then there was another lot of people that really didn't like it or didn't have a good experience like me. So yeah. I don't know whether it's just inconsistent. It's one of those scare zones that I felt really um, came into its own when it was doing the show. So a bit like Zombieland, when they had like a little performance in front of the um, the tower, the theme park, uh, you know, launch coaster, um, and they had the little performance thing there, which did alternate with the different actors. Um, that zone for me really only came into its own when it was doing the runway show. And it had the MC. Um, otherwise, I thought it was quite average. But if you called that that kind of runway bit, then it was actually quite fun. I feel like I kept just catching like the ends of it. 
and then I really wanted to see like the big prosthetic faces and I just didn't like I, I'd see like the odds and the, like the characters that I did see in that zone I did really I did really like but I just never saw any of the like prosthetic faces do you know when that zone was best for me at the beginning of the night really yeah I walked through that um when it was still daylight um I think yeah it was it must have been during stay on screen and um you know you could really see all the all the effects like the makeup effects really clearly uh and when I walked through there at night uh, again unless they were kind of on the stage um you didn't really get to see because it, it was so dark around there so I think that's really when it kind of came out in it, on it, on its own it was you had to kind of see it when it was it was lighter get the real effect of it which is the opposite of nearly every scare zone really because every other scare zone kind of comes alive at night but I think that one worked much better in daylight hours than it did at night so maybe that is another reason why as well because the makeup work and and stuff was was really uh good I thought it looks phenomenal on all the pictures and honestly like I, I wish that I could have seen all of that in real life but I feel like maybe because I wanted to spend so much more time in the houses, I, I did kind of neglect the skeletons a little bit, but that again goes back to me not like feeling attached really to any of them. Yeah. But I don't want to be like, oh, all skeletons were shit. Because I don't think that they were. And I know that people have been a little bit down on the skeletons this year. They weren't super scary. But then when I, I'm weird with skeletons, so I either like them to be super interactive things like killer clowns or things like um the all night dying one or invasion where they're going to be interacting with you everywhere that you go which i'm sure vanity ball was like that for a lot of people um or i like it to be super scary like field of screams where scarecrows are going to be chasing me trying to murder me Mm. give me night terrors so i like to be one or the other I'm not, I don't like to take a lot of pictures in scare zones. I know that people really do, and that's fine. Um, I like to walk through them and, and have an interaction or be scared. The, the best scare I got the entire weekend um, was walking across the bridge near the Simpsons. As I was walking across the bridge, there was one of the chainsaw army hidden behind the end of the bridge. And as I came to the end of the bridge, they jumped out at me with the chainsaw. And got me so good. They were fantastic. I think honestly, I did rank Anarchade as my number one and Hello Bullies as my number two, but I ranked the Simpsons area chainsaw horde as my number three. I mean, because not... I think um, like I know it's not a technical actual spare zone, but mm. they deserve to be in my list. And oh, I completely fantastic. agree. No, I completely agree. I was all I was gonna say was yeah, officially it's not listed as a, as a scare zone. But I think that is more fun and more scary than a lot of the official scare zones. So I think all of them deserve complete props, especially a wheelchair chainsaw guy, because like, always, always good. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, Mr. Ripley, before we start mm-hmm. talking house and everything like that, um, your thoughts? I thought Halloween Horror Nights was rubbish and I'm never going to it ever again. Fair enough. Uh, end of podcast. No, um, <laughs> I can't, can't be the end of podcast. We haven't started talking about Bob Monkhouse yet. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm only joking, as you can guess. Uh, 
I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic as always. Um, I, I think talking about the, the, the scare zones particularly, I think perhaps the issue that they have nowadays with them is you know trying to make them scary and even detailed and everything else is that they just have so many people going through now. Um, it must be very difficult to scare people on, on a large number, um, you know, and it, it, it's p- perhaps places where you're not perhaps um expecting to be scared like you're saying with these chainsaw guys perhaps that's where it works slightly better but you know i don't know i just i just think you know like you, as you were saying an arcade is probably the worst place to put a scare zone um but um you know how do you how do you manage crowds and put the scares in the, in, in into the grounds how do you do that mm. it's, you know. it's hard it's hard um, particularly now, I mean, years ago it was it was a lot easier, I'd say. But now, when you've got you know every year they're breaking um, the records through the gate, um, you know it's going to be tricky for them. Um, but the the point I was going to make, which was going back to what you were saying at the very beginning, which was about um, you said it, Nick, that currently all, all of the attractions are being ripped out and demolished. Um, it it becomes a sort of sore point when most of the stuff that was offered at HHN 29 is probably better than some of the actual full-time attractions that are there during the day for the rest of the year. I mean, if you used to take, for example, uh, Academy of Villains, which, you know, a lot of people criticise, you know, only really because it's been there three times now, but still, that is still leagues better than fear factor mm-hmm. and in four days time that reopens so you know should they think about doing a full-time house somewhere rather than you know they they do these fantastic highly detailed highly interactive i mean take ghostbusters for example could they have left that up for the rest of the year maybe i don't know well i, I mean there's two ones that stand out in, in terms of ones that they probably could have done that with. The first one is obviously Stranger Things because, you know, they kind of did a little test of it last year. Um, mm. Yes, it, it changes quite a bit. So obviously the house this year was quite different to the house from last year because it was focusing on a different season. Um, but yes, I, I don't see why they couldn't do that. The the, the other one is, is the one you just mentioned, which is Ghostbusters. Um mm mind the history of, of Ghostbusters at Universal Studios anyway um, and, and the fact there's a new film coming out there's a lot of interest in the franchise again um, that'll only be mm-hmm. amplified you know on the lead up to the new film next year um, and you know as an interactive kind of walkthrough of Ghostbusters then absolutely and let's be honest what do they do with a lot of those sound stages through the year there's only one soundstage well, that is really they're used. They're not being used that much. No. Yeah. There's only one soundstage yeah. that they really yeah. use, and they didn't use that house. Uh, they didn't use that soundstage this year. So, you know, I don't see why they couldn't have one of those soundstages, a permanent Halloween Horror Nights one. And the Ghostbusters one, to me, is the perfect one because uh, uh, yeah, it was essentially walking through the film. I mean, what, what's everybody's 
worse one? Is it depths of fear or blood pit? I mean, w- w- whatever it is. Pit, say whatever the worst house. Well, but... say whatever whatever your worst is, right? I would, if someone said to me, you've got to go to Universal Orlando during the day in March, but you've got to go through depths of fear 10 times or have one ride on Fast and Furious. I'd be going through depths of fear 20 times. I, I've got I've got some stuff to say about Fast and Furious Supercharged a bit later on. I'll save that for a bit later on. <laughs> but do you take my point though? Yes. Some of a lot of this stuff I would rather be doing than some of the stuff that's in that park all year round. And I mean, you know, Ghostbusters is is a brilliant example because it was it was scarier than I thought it was going to be. Um, but oh, it was still yeah. quite, you know, but in, in relative terms, it was, it was, you know, fairly tame and probably on a par with something like um, the Haunted Mansion or a ghost train kind of thing yeah. in, in the creepiness. Yeah. Um, and you know what, if you, if you felt that that was the case, you could even tone it down a little bit more um, if and you wanted to make it an all day attraction. House... You know? And I would argue that house probably had the best jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had it was definitely up there it was definitely up there i agree yeah are you talking about lewis tully because that's the one that got craig the first time we went around <laughs> what lewis tully got craig yeah. oh my god <laughs> it was the funniest oh. thing well i mean it was the funniest thing and, until about a minute and a half later when uh p-dubs got done by slimer at the end <laughs> that was one of the funniest things i've ever witnessed yeah, exactly. in my life that's- I, it was I went through to, Ghostbusters about 10 times, and I think 10 times the Slimer got me. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, to be fair, it, that in itself got topped about a day later when uh, Craig got done by the Wolfman as he was leaving Universal Monsters. So in a very similar way, he, he really jumped out of his skin. It was hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. To go on, Chris, what else was you going to say about the houses? Um, well, I mean... I mean, if, if I mean, if, if they wanted a um, a facility to advertise their fran- their monsters franchise, I mean, that monsters house was was definitely, in my opinion, the best monsters house they've ever done. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not over-egging that. Some of them have been absolutely sh- shockingly bad in the past. Um, so to finally get a monsters house that was absolutely, in my opinion, spot on, and w- what made it. Um, sort of funny for me being someone that analyzes the history was some of the scares from some of the old universal monster houses that were the best scares in those houses were not only were those monsters recreated uh, in this house, but so were those exact scares, some of them from like a decade ago. Um, And I think that in itself not only shows the heritage of, you know, Universal Monsters going back to the 30s and, and 20s, but also the heritage of this event, that they're reusing some of their best scares that, you know, if you say 10 years ago, half of the people going probably didn't go to Halloween Horror Nights then. So they never experienced those scares. So I think that in itself, I think that's quite a clever thing to do mm. uh, for this particular house. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Um, but, you know, the event as a whole, do you, do you think it was a strong year yeah i think it's a very very solid year i think i liked it i think i liked it slightly better than the year before 
think. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't really say. I think other than Ghostbusters, maybe. But then I did like. You know, it's very difficult to say what were the best houses, or what was the one best house, and even to put them in, a, in into an order, or, or even to say what was the worst house, because even the worst house was better than most houses from like a couple of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. Do you know so, what I mean? So go on, because uh, I've not seen your your video yet, Amanda. And I've not I haven't asked. released it yet. I wanted to do this first because I love you guys. <laughs> and that's why I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> and I haven't asked you, Chris. So mm. what would you guys, I mean, we could we could spend the whole episode going through it properly. And I'd love to do that. But I know that people don't want to listen to a four-hour podcast. So if we go worst and best, I think that's probably the, the best way of doing it. So, Chris, what was your worst house this year? Uh Let's hear Amanda first, because she's done much more thought into this than myself. I haven't had time to literally sit down and digest it yet. So let's see what let's see what you've got to say, Amanda, because you 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 know. Okay, so my least favorite house of this year, and I think that we knew we knew that. Well, it, I didn't place it as last on my hype list, but it was us. Mm. So. I know that we'd spoke about it a lot on the podcast about how we didn't really understand how it was going to translate into a house and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't really want it to be a house. And I really did love the film. And I really did want to love the house. And I think the first time that I went through it, I was like, okay, I'm not judging that run through because I feel like I just didn't have good run. So I'm going to go through a couple more times. I'm sure that I'm going to like it because I did like the sets. I thought the sets were really, really well done. Mm. It was like I was walking That's through right. the film. Mm. I think the the cast that they'd hired were spot on. Like yeah, a lot of the time I would have thought that it was the genuine actors from the film. But I just felt like I wasn't getting any of the scares. I was missing all of them every time, consistently missing them. And I just I just never had a good run through. And I I kept trying to defend it every time and being like, no, 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 it's just, it's just a bad time. It's just a bad time. I'm sure it's going to be great next time. And it got to like the sixth or seventh time that I'd been through it. And I was like, no, I just can't vibe with this house. I, um, yeah, I, the, the only scare I got in that house was the car. That, I mean, that was a, a scary car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it flashed its lights, I mean, honked its horn. Um, I thought it was a, really well done house in as you say they they captured the film um i thought the facade as you walked into uh the maze was was really good and i thought they they captured that very well with the mirrors and everything like that um but every time i walked through it i had a, a bit of a duff one and uh, uh, do you know what i think i don't know if this is the problem but one thing that i will say is there was a number of times I went through houses and I missed things because there was cast changes going on. Now I know that can't be helped because I appreciate they have to get the cast in and they have to get set up and everything like that. But I would much rather queue for an extra five or 10 minutes while I did a cast change properly than go through a house and go, Oh, that person's not there. Oh, that person's not there because in Ghostbusters at one point, the bit with um, Lewis Tully and, um, God, I can't remember, Diana, um, neither of them were there. 
Now, if that was the first time I went through that house, I think it was odd. But going through that house knowing that they should be there was actually worse. Yeah, I feel like sometimes when people are like, oh, there's a cast change, I'm like, that's a bit. A cast change takes like a minute. But then I think actually if the houses are maybe only like three minutes long, that's almost half of the house that you're missing from the scares. Yeah, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on why it wasn't, why it was happening. But I, this year there were, there were more times that I went through houses and bearing in mind, I was only there for a short time, like Mr. Ripley was. Um, and so every, every kind of walkthrough counts because you haven't got time to go through it a tenth time. Um, and so that, that was my biggest disappointment this year is that I noticed more cast changes and they just let you go through the house when you were missing a lot of the actual uh, characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like, I know that you just wanted the top and the bottom, but once Chris has done his and we've done our tops, I have some special mentions that I want to talk about. Okay, okay. So Chris, what about, what would you say is is yours if you had to give me an answer? My worst one? Mm. Oh, God. Um... If you say nightingales, I'm going to come to your house and punch you. All I will say on nightingales is nightingales <laughs> was a house that I never got the lion. I never saw the lion. Mm. Every time I went through that house, it was it was darked out. I, I can't. I don't even think I can. Maybe kill a clown. I don't know. I can't. It's very difficult for me to pick one. As in worst. I tell you what I found the problem with Killer Clowns to be was it was one of the best themed houses of the year. I think they really, you know, just like they did with Ghostbusters, they got the look of it spot on. You mm. know, you really felt you was walking through the film. <laughs> At the same time, I don't know if it was because it was so light in there or just because of how big the costumes were, but I just never got scared. Again, the only time I got scared in that house was when I, a gust of wind got me in the groin. <laughs> so I pressed the button. Um, you know, it's, nothing else got me in, in, in the house. And I really wasn't liked... Lee Winnell's in, wasn't <laughs> Lee Winnell's Invisible Man, was it? Could well be. Could well be. I mean, maybe they were, they were planning for next year's event. Um, but, I, you know, I, I loved walking through the house um every time that i did it but i just didn't get the the scares at all so it surprises me when it's so high on on some people's lists because i I don't get it the thing is with theming um all of those houses every single one none of them i don't think you can pick up on bad theming i think every single one was x was like good to excellent in terms of theming and set design um killer clowns i think the problem i had with it perhaps and this is only like a very minor point, is I wasn't sure whether you was meant to be, it was meant to be the comedy house or a scary house. And it confused me slightly. I didn't know if I was meant to be laughing or, or being scared. Because usually every year there is one comedic house. So I'm sort of more um, anticipating it to be more comical. And perhaps it was a bit, but it still had loads of jump scares. So I'm not sure. I think just on a very like minor half percent, that would probably be my lowest. But I feel like 
I had a lot of fun going through the house. I thought it was a very, very fun house. I loved Clownzilla. That was so well oh done. Like, that mm-hmm. was one of my favourite things from many of the houses this year was the giant Clownzilla puppet. I feel like we would have benefited from a facade. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in Hollywood, they had the tent as the facade and they kind of acted out the beginning scene from the film pretty much. I feel like we maybe would have benefited from something like that and maybe yeah. some human characters like Mike and Debbie. Like I know that we had um, the police officer, I forgot what his name is now. Um, I know that we had him being a puppet mm. and we had one of the Terenzi brothers with the um, Clownzilla puppet. But I feel like if maybe maybe that would have changed it up a little. I really did love it. I loved going through the cotton candy cocoon room. I loved having like a little dance party, going through with all the clowns. Thought it was great. But again, I feel like because we had such a mass amount of strong houses this year, I feel like it got delegated down my list, and it, I was sad about it because I was like, it, I really did enjoy it, but. There was just so much going on in other houses. It was so hard. I th- and again, I think that really just proves just how strong a year this was. Um, like yeah. you say, because in another year, that probably would have been, a, you know, a, a one or two. Um, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But yeah, you go back, like, to HHN 24, 23, 22, Killer Clowns would have been the best house by far. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like it's strange because usually I'm always like, okay, like these two houses are like some of my favourite houses that I've ever had, ever. And I feel like I might have said that about one of the houses this year, or maybe two of them. But maybe I just said it anyway, I don't know. But I feel like usually I think that things were better than what they maybe were. Mm. And I feel like I don't really... I'm not like obsessive about any of the houses this year, really, but I do just think that that's because there were so many good. So mm. it's making it's pricking my brain into thinking that I maybe preferred other years, but that's probably just because I favoured one house from that year, mm. Mm. like Slaughter Cinema. <laughs> yeah, of, of which, of course, you know, Depths of Fear and Yeti were kind of spun off from that. Which I didn't get with Depths of Fear. I didn't realise that that was supposed to be like a, slu- a sl- kind of like a, a love letter to the Souls of Slim. Cinema. Well, I, I was, yeah, what, what I was told, I think Luke might have told me this, that it, the whole theme of Depths of Fear was that it was supposed to be a B-movie um, like you would got in Slaughter Cinema last year. Um, and that's why the costumes were so hokey. Okay, it was so... supposed to be like walking through a B-movie. Depths of Fear is one of the ones that I wanted to give like a special mention to. So I guess I'll do it now. So the first time that I went through Sophia, I absolutely crapped myself. I was like, this is so scary. Like I am terrified. I'm on edge. Like this, this house is like my number two house right now. Like I am obsessed with it. I loved the shrimpy boys. I thought they were fantastic. And every time that I was going through those first few days, I was like, I love this. I can't believe that people aren't raving like crazy about this house. It's so good. Like, I'm getting a scare every second. Like, I've never been scared so many times in one go. And I felt like it was amazing. And then as my weeks went on, they started taking away the shrimpy boy costumes and replacing with 
humans instead. I know that I just said that killer clowns would benefit from more humans, but I feel like that house was in its prime with all of those costumes. I um I found the costumes to be very Doctor Who like. I haven't seen Doctor Who, so I can't <laughs> I can't make a comparison. Okay, well, very fake. They look very rubbery, very fake. Um, and they did. There's no getting around that. But if you're if you're trying to replicate a B movie, then those costumes were on point. Maybe so, that's why I loved it because I am a B movie fan. Like yeah. I love the B movie, but I just but, felt like the scares were more consistent at that time than they were afterwards. Oh, even with the hokey costumes, um, yeah, they were still quite scary creatures. And um, yeah, I I, I I had it down quite low on my list, but again, it's just because of how strong everything else was. But um, I, I can see why people were kind of so flippy floppy on it. And um, yeah, I I I think you know I obviously didn't see it after the changes, but I heard about the changes, and I thought that's that doesn't sound like it's for the better. Um, no, I mean when they released the info on the house, and they're like, okay, so they're taking over this like submarine, and there's these mouth brooders, and then the humans are getting infected. So the humans that were in there like had all these like big boils all over them. They looked cool, like they looked awesome. Mm. But I felt like, oh, I just found my so I found my hype list. I actually ranked Depths of Fear before the event at ten. Okay. So I thought I was gonna like that the least. And so in the end, I ranked it as one, two, three, four. I ranked it as number seven in the end. But had you asked me in those first few days, it would have been my number two. Okay. Interesting. I mean it was some people's number two, but not the uh <laughs> not that number two. Um okay, so so quickly moving on. Um, what would you say your your best house was this year? House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, a bit of a no-brainer, really. <laughs> you guys knew that I was going to love it. It's your favourite film, isn't it? It is. So, like, it is be, I've, I don't think I've ever watched a horror film as many times as I've watched House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, over the years since it came out, it is definitely one of my favourites. I absolutely adore it. And I also love Rob Zombie. And being able to see the facade, I mean, able to walk through the scenes of the house. I think that first time I went through it, I was just like, my mouth was just wide open the entire time. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Dr. Satan. Like, I was obsessed with it. I think I probably did that house like about 40 times. And, and the thing is, that's, that's how a lot of people felt about Ghostbusters this year, is that it was their beloved film come to life so Mm. i completely get why why you know house of a thousand corpses was your number one because if you love that film as much as you do they did a you know i think they did a really good job of of capturing it and i was right in that um i thought it made a better house than it did a film um it still wasn't particularly high on my list but i definitely thought it, it did a really good job of replicating it quite ironic because it started off as a house before it was a film Yes. (laughs) I just think it was so well done. And I think every single scare actor in that house played that role amazing. Like, oh, absolutely. They were incredible. Mm. I think they won House of the Year and they deserved House of the Year. I loved that every single, like, 
important bit that you'd want to see from the film was in there. I was so happy to see like the tunnel section where they had the bone chandelier. I was just like, oh my God, like all that I want to do is just stay inside this house and look at every single thing. And I was so sad because I didn't have time to do an Unmasking the Horror Tour this year. I, I tried really, really hard to fit it in and I just couldn't. And I was heartbroken because I just wanted to explore that house. Mm. Yeah, my my biggest problem with that house is I normally did it at stay, at screen, stay and scream. So, you had, you know, it was that awful experience of going in there from the, the bright lights to the darkness. And uh, I remember the first time I went through there, I was holding onto someone's backpack because I literally could not see in front of me um, where my eyes hadn't adjusted to the light and it was just so dark, I couldn't see where I was going. Um, But, but, you know, I can still still say that um, it was really well done and the the sets were recreated really well. And obviously, um, oh, who's the guy at the front? Captain Spaulding. Cool, second, I forget Spaulding. Um, You know, the the guy that I, I... playing him every time was just excellent. I know, you know, it's pre-dub lines, he's just acting to it, but I thought he was great. I thought, again, I, I agree with you. I think everyone in that house was great, but obviously that's a great way to start that house with a very iconic character who, you know, the actor had only just passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a kind you know, got you in the feels a little bit as well. But yeah, I, I think they did a really good job with it. Also, the best house by absolute country mile to be in that location. Yes. Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Honestly, they've never done a good house in that location. So this is the best one by far. I liked Blumhouse houses. Uh, I only did I didn't like the Cancer's house, but I did like the Blumhouse houses. I only did it when it was um twenty-seven, so that was the, the Blumhouse when it was split up into different films and you had the very short sections. And uh, I didn't rate that house then. Oh, Nick, don't even remind me of Happy Death Day. <laughs> the scare <laughs> actors were so bored. They were just sitting there, like, playing with their phones, some of them. Oh, it was that Jesus. bad. <laughs> so, I me- liked it. <laughs> Haters. So, Mr Ripley, what would you say was your favourite house this year? Um, I, well, it's a tough year. Yeah, it is a tough year. I mean, I, I, I say to you, I, I generally this. I mean, not. I don't normally have this problem. Normally, I've got sort of a bunch that I can say are really good and a bunch that are really poor or, or whatever, you know. But I don't think there is any that sort of. We spoke about it earlier. Perhaps I think just because of the sentimental value as well. I think Ghostbusters perhaps um, is, is possibly my favourite. Um, I have a very, you know, as I've said before, a very uh, um, large soft spot for Universal Monsters. Um, House of Hammer Corpses, Yeti. Oh, so difficult, but I think Ghostbusters. Yeti, for me, had some of the, the had my favourite scare in it with the Yetis above you. That really got me good. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. For me, uh, I can't, I mean, I. <laughs> My opinion changes, and I, I can't remember what I said in the last episode, but it was definitely a toss-up between um, Universal Monsters and Ghostbusters. And Universal Monsters might pip it just because of the length of it. And the fact mm, that what I thought length. was really good is that every every Universal Monster got their own section mm. that was just long and it wasn't too short, it was just like a decent amount of time. Um, and then right at the end, it all came together. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, e- even like uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, they actually felt like the sets from that film. Yes. Those costumes, oh my God. Mm. Well done, well done for those costumes. And like, the Bride of Frankenstein's mm. like screaming behind your head was just always uh, <laughs> horrifying. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, it, it was really good. I, but I, I also, like a lot of props for graveyard games, I thought that was an absolutely phenomenal house. I had no expectations going into that at all. I think it was very low down on my list. What? Um, going, into, going into the event, my, okay. my hype list. Um, I thought it was, I, I can't remember where I put it, but I sure I put it quite low down. And um, I think that was my first house this year, and I it just blew me away. Creepy, crawly, uh, zombie. I thought was just you know one of the characters of the year. Um, and that that scene near the end when all the children are in the graveyard and the lights go out is just horrific. So good. So I horrific. think that house was gorgeous oh everything about it was just just so well done the important thing when you walk through a house and it's and again this goes back to what good year it was um it is making you feel that you are in whatever it is you are and that you're not in a tent or you're not in a soundstage and every house knocked it out of the park every single house made it feel like you were in this world that they'd created, whether that was an IP, whether that was an original concept. But the fact that they recreated the graveyard like in the way that they did was just so, so brilliant. It's based on um, Highgate, isn't it? Well, when it, it was announced, I was like, 100% this is going to be like vampires and it's going to be like Highgate Cemetery. And then when I walked in there, like, you know what I'm like, and I like houses that are like gothic and like body collectors and where it's all like big, gorgeous, gothic kind of scenes. And so when I walked into it, I was like, oh, frick, like this, like this is good. Like it was stunning. I think I ranked that number two on my mm. house list this year. I just think it was so, so well done. Every The crawling corpse amazing and those the corpses that would jump out of the side were intense i thought mm. they were gonna knock me out every single time they were like wild i think i got the best mm. the best scares of the year in graveyard games do you know i went i went through graveyard games uh about four or five times and apart from one occasion every time i got a cast change what and yeah yeah just really unlucky and just the one time I went through without the cast change. Because <laughs> I, I initially thought, well, I went through it a few times and there was a, it must have been a cast change. It was just so boring and but the set design was so good. But there just wasn't any scare actors there. But anyway, I persevered with it and I'm glad I did because I just think I was very unlucky because when I got the actual full cast in there, it was just a phenomenally good house. I mean, it was, in certain sections, proper scary. Yeah. I feel like I felt that about Yeti because everybody was like, you're going to love Yeti. And we'd spoke about it on the podcast about how we felt like it was going to be the scariest one. And everyone's like, it's amazing. Like, it's so, so good. And every time I was going through it, I was like, I'm not feeling this. Like, just not feeling it. Like, I'm barely seeing any Yetis. I'd only really see the one that was on the table, like pulling the guy apart. And the the big one that was like on the like mountains above who looked cool and I just wasn't seeing anything and then there was one time that I went through 
and it was just like on fire and I saw the hand yeti going through the guy's body and the door yeti and the hand from above yeti I got every single yeti and I was like holy shit yeah well that was the one that got me (laughs) the one that got me was the yeti on the mountain I'm looking at him and then all of a sudden this other yeti's arm just comes down on my face (laughs) I was like what the hell is going on that was my first walkthrough. I was very lucky. Yes, he was one of the houses I was the luckiest in. Like I never went through the house and didn't get everything. Like I didn't get all the all the Yetis and, and everything like that. Um, I think it's great that, that Yeti and Graveyard Games, both original houses, have both taken so long to come to the event because they've been percolating in the minds of the people at Art and Design for years. It's was Yeti part of Slaughter Cinema last year? Or was it referenced? It was, it was but it was, first, it was first pitched by um, a guy that doesn't work there anymore. Um, and he's not worked there for at least six or seven years. Wow. So it's, it's that long it's mm. taken for it to percolate into being a house. So well done. Can I just go back to Classic Monsters for one sec? Please. So um, I really, really did love it. And I was so happy to go through it all the time. And I felt like super, super happy when I was leaving the house. Like, oh my God, that was brilliant. But the only one thing that I felt like hurt my feelings a little was that there was no Bella Lugosi type Dracula. Ah. That's that was the only thing. That's a lie. You read right, my book. Isn't it? <laughs> like, literally. I felt yeah. like I know that they like amped up the scariness of how they all looked like realistic like Frankenstein was a little bit stepped up with the scariness and like they're not allowed to (sighs) because um Bella Lugosi owned that image of Dracula so when they uh decide to make Dracula the film he came with that costume with that look that he had perfected from stage so they didn't own that. They didn't create that look. Whereas, for example, Boris Carlos' monster, that was completely designed by Universal. Um, and there has been court cases over the years over this, um, in and out of courts for a long time. And I don't know how it settled, but I would imagine that his widow and, and his kids probably wanted a payment for them to use that going forward. Um, and as far as I know, they never did. I, you know, it will be. I imagine it will probably be on, on the hundred year license thing, mm. the copyright license. Yeah. So I imagine, um, you know, in the next few years that that won't be an issue anymore because it will probably go into the public domain. But yeah, while somebody still owns the the rights to it, mm. or you know, there's an estate there, um, then yeah. I, I get it. But at the same time, I know what you mean, Amanda, but I yeah. thought in what they in what they did with the, the monsters, because all of them were slightly uh upgraded, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um I felt mm. like they were trying to bring it a little bit into um a more modern, more scary kind of vibe. They were fantastic. The the Frankenstein's monsters that they had were like so so good and again the creature from the black lagoon costume like that is a hard (laughs) costume to do Mm. and like they were amazing and I feel like anytime I was going through the lagoon section I'd walk just a little bit slower 
so I'd make sure that I got them. <laughs> yeah, because it was I, amazing. I've got quite friendly with uh, one of the guys that does the sets, Trader Brandon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you probably see him on Twitter, um, and he he helped design both Trader Sam's bars. Ah, um, so I can just imagine the meeting with him when they were talking about costume design and set design. You know what I mean? Just the level yeah. of detail he personally would even put into that meeting. You know, I, I mean, I'm a, they're all the same. I know they all are. They're all phenomenal professionals. But I'm just saying that the, the detail that they would go into to get that perfect, would just, you just wouldn't believe it. Mm. I just really want to buy all of the statues that were at the beginning of the house. So mm-hmm. basically, Universal will be selling them, pointing them in my direction. I will pay anything. I, I'd be <laughs> I'd be amazed if I don't try and make little mini replicas. Honestly. Point. I think they'd be... I've... Even, even tree decorations, they'd go down really well, I think. Imagine, though, walking up to my house and all you see is a garden filled with classic monster statues. Cool as fuck. Especially if you live you know in a suburban street. I was, talking, I was talking to one of the um, designers um, a little while ago about this house, and apparently it was actually um, really convoluted um, and difficult for them to get approval for the house which you would think that would be the case because it's a universal property. Mm. Um, and in the past, they've used universal monsters loads of times, you know, and, you know, a lot of them, some of them have been good, some of them have been terrible houses. But um, with this particular franchise now, where they're trying to rebuild it um, and compete with your Marvel cinematic universes, et cetera, um, there's now like an extra layer of bureaucracy that they have to jump through in order to get approval to use the universal monsters. Mm. Um, and uh yeah so apparently it was actually not as easy as you would imagine and to say the bar was raised incredibly hard from the people that controlled this ip in hollywood it some say you know he was alluding to this that it was actually harder to get the approval to use the universal monsters their own property than it was to get stranger things or ghostbusters which is not their property amazing isn't it Uh, because that's how highly regarded within the company now that the universal monsters are and for a long time they weren't they were nothing they never made any money out of them didn't care about them now particularly with the new film invisible man i'm excited you know what i mean they've they've risen quite high within the firm so i feel like i just really need to talk about nightingales for one minute Because I feel like Nightingales is not getting the love that it truly, truly deserves. Well, that's because of the smell, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I feel yeah. like the smell was diluted a little bit over the over the weeks that I was there. But to the first night that I went through it, I was really, 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 really drunk, which I discovered <laughs> from um, some videos that I found on my camera that I don't remember any of, where I jump out of a portaloo in the middle of the queue and scare everyone. That's in why pretending that I'm in Zombieland. So there's that to look forward to, guys. So the first time I went through it, I didn't remember anything of it. So then the next time I went through it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what is happening? And it's like, in my video, I was like, right, I'm ranking this high, and it is based off of consistency, set design, and scares, and not at all the hunky gladiator men that are at the beginning. Mm. But, I mean, they added some spicy to the house like that 
that was a good time. But I feel like I'm always kind of tied to a, a history type house anyway. Like I love a good bit of history at the event. And I love nightingales. I was weirded out in the beginning about how different they looked compared to last time. Because they looked a little bit like turkeys this time. So at first I was like, I don't ever like that. But then I grew to love them. And honestly, a drunk Amanda every night would be like, this is my favourite house, guys. I'm going through my favourite house. And they'd be like, no, Amanda, House of a Thousand Corpses is your favourite house. But I really genuinely loved it. And I feel like people aren't loving it enough. I, I Again, I think it just goes back to what a strong year it is. That's yeah. it. I mean, I, I it was probably quite low down on my list overall. But that's just because of how strong some of the other houses were. Um, and even Stranger Things, which we haven't talked about really, but, um, you know, it, it was a bit of a disappointment for a lot of, in a lot of ways. But in terms of recapturing the essence of the show, I think they did a really good job of. The only thing I, I didn't really like about it was the fact they shoehorned in season three. Just there was no point. You know, what they did with season three was almost redundant yeah. i wish they left of, it out kind of suggests to me that perhaps they've not got it for hhn 30 that that was my thing as well why mm. would you do it if and i mean the thing is they didn't have you know obviously season three only dropped in july so they didn't have long before um opening to to get all that sorted out no. um and it just that last bit just felt a bit rushed and i still mm. liked it but i thought yeah if you'd have just left it for another year you'd have probably really knocked it out of the park. And instead, mm. you feel like you've just shoehorned a, a bit in at the end when you could have probably focused on some more season two stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, just, I just think because it was such a strong year, that's that's probably why it's not getting the love, Amanda. Don't take it personally. Um, I am. Well, you, you're entitled <laughs> to. You're wrong, but you're entitled to. Um, but just to wrap up, um, final thoughts on HHN29, Mr. Ripley. Loved it. Solid year. Um, can't wait for next year. Amanda? Very, very, very solid year. Massive, massive well done to everybody. Super consistent. One of the most consistent years that I've been to. And uh, I, I third that. Um, I thought it was exceptional. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they do for the 30th anniversary. It's going to be huge. I mean, we've already had the announcement you know, 10 houses, uh, five scare zones. Um, they've already we've had a date. Got, we've got dates. It starts on 10th of September next year. Um, so it starts slightly earlier. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's it's going to be great. And it's going to end on the 31st of October, which is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they might extend that. Um, but at the moment, it's the 31st of October will be the last night. Um, all I want to hear is if they're going to bring back a Lagoon show, if I'm honest. That's the only thing I'm oh, on now. Oh, that'll be back. I hope so. It's I, all I there really now. So. All the technologies there are paid for. So, And the only thing I just want to finish off on this, I, I, again, I think I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, Fast and Furious, supercharged. If you go on that attraction at night with a load of drunk people and it turns into a party bus, you're going to have a good time. If you go on that at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's probably the worst attraction in the park. So uh, <laughs> I, I staked it off a lot. I did it when everyone was a bit buzzed and it was just one of the, the funniest uh, ride experiences I've ever had anywhere. And it was a really good atmosphere. Um, but that is not always going to be the case. So um, it's still not a great attraction, but 
in the right conditions, it can be a hell of a lot of fun. So that's just something when you're buzzed at Halloween Horror Nights and you want to do, you want to have a bit of a break, get on the party bus. So that's my uh, advice for next year. Um, and I think we should wrap up there. Mm. What do you think? Absolutely. So on the next episode, we're going to talk about our time at Universal, not in the nighttime. Yeah. And some Universal news that we need to catch up on. Yeah. So I'm well, excited we, about that. We mentioned we mentioned the Invisible Man trailer dropping, um, and we'll talk about that in more detail on the next episode because that looks like it's going to kick off a great year for horror. And for Universal. Sure. I'm so, saying it now. I, I reckon it'll be the highest profiting horror film ever. Uh-huh. I, I think I think you're right. <laughs> Lee Wanell, come on our podcast. There you go. That's not an invite. I don't know what is. So, um, right, until the next episode, we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Love you. (laughs) Happy nightmares. Network.